0: Hi, everyone. We just wanted to share with you this little short update prior to listening to amazing Marco's interview that we are launching our first conference September 7th and 8th in Denver, Colorado. So see the link below and please check it out for more details. We can't wait to see you there. We've combined powers with Jean-Pierre, celebrity trainer to Ellen DeGeneres and Emily Dachanel, and an amazing chef, Chloe Stein, we're teaching you all the nitty-gritty details that you need to make plant-based living a easy and attainable goal for everyone, no matter where you are. It's going to be amazing, so please click the link below, and we hope to see you there. Bye! Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I'm so excited to have back Marco Borges from 22 Days Nutrition. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me back. It's always so good to see you.
0: you it's always such a delight to have you here because you're full of energy and you got tons of information and wisdom to share with the audience. So we're Thanks. just honored that you took time for your day to come.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for having me.
0: And today we're going to talk about the new book. Sorry, I have notes and everything here, but this is it, the green print, a really cool spin on other, another way of looking at the plant-based diet. So you're going outside of the traditional healthy, you know, you look at health, but also another important component of the environment and what we're doing to our world. And but you also talk about mindfulness and all sorts of interesting things. And you also had an interesting study that we want to talk about as well so can we just kind of let's can you tell me where the brainstorming came from to actually even write the book and like how did this all evolve
1: Well as you know for me it's really all about educating inspiring uh, um, arming people with what they need to be able to move in the direction of a healthier lifestyle but what you find is that motivation is is you know is it fades over time right so when people think oh yeah i'm going to start the new diet new year new you um, within like the first month sometimes within the first week they're off the wagon again and it's because that motivation that they were using to push themselves starts to fade over time whether it's i'm trying to look good for the summer for a bikini the summer comes it's gone the motivation's gone i'm trying to look good for this wedding the wedding comes it goes the motivation's gone so we're we're fixing um, you know, our motivation onto external factors that, that really fade over time. So what I've said for years is that, you know, it's not about motivation, it's about passion, right? It's about passion sustains, right? If, if you're doing it for the right reasons, that will sustain over time. And what I'm trying to do is elevate the consciousness around what we're putting into our bodies, how it affects us, how it affects our family members, how it affects our community, how it affects the planet, what type of an impact it's going to have on the planet and how it's going to affect the animals. Because once you start that conversation and you begin to elevate the consciousness, you can't help but to become impassioned by the fact that you have, we all have the ability not just to heal ourselves from the inside out, but also to to be an example for our families, to be an example for our friends, our communities. And then also something really beautiful happens in that, you know, when we start to, to eat healthier, when we start to eat a a whole food plant-based diet, not only do we start to heal ourselves, but we realize that it probably is the single greatest thing that we can do to reduce our impact on the planet. It probably is the single most impactful thing that we can do to lessen the suffering of animals. Mm -hmm. And it's not coincidental. It's supposed to be that way. Mm -hmm. It's all connected. We are all connected. We are all so much more alike than we are different. And when you get people to really think that way, that creates a passion, that, that creates an elevated consciousness that allows us to continue this behavior modification, this, this new habit over time. So it really is about how do we get people to move from that you know, white or black, vegan versus non-vegan, um, right versus wrong, to I can do things on a daily basis that can lessen the suffering of animals that could reduce my impact on the planet and that could make me healthier it doesn't have to be about perfection it's just about simple steps that you can take on a daily basis to get progress underway and Mm -hmm. it really is about that it's about progress over perfection it's about understanding that we have the ability to heal ourselves from the inside out we have the ability to reduce the risk of all of these wretched diseases that we're suffering from and we have to take control of our health. We can't continue to delegate our health, our symptoms, our conditions to practitioners, you know, in, in, in doctor's offices or in hospitals. I was speaking to someone yesterday, I said, you know, it's, it's, to me it's really mind blowing that we expect our doctors to, sell, to tell us the condition we're in when they see us one time a year for 10 or 15 minutes. You see yourself every single day in front of the mirror with no clothes on, 365 days a year. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You definitely know the condition you're in way better than any doctor can tell you. You know that if it rains, your right knee gets a little uh, inflammated. You know that if you run more than three miles, your low back starts to hurt. You know that if you sit in a chair for more than four hours in a row, your knees get a little stiff when you stand up no one knows this other than you. No one knows this better than you. So who better than us to take control of our health and take these conditions and try to reverse them through diet and exercise?
0: Hmm. Wow. There's a lot there we could actually dive into, but it's, uh, you're exactly right. We, it comes back. We got to look at who's looking in the mirror and actually say, we need to be the owners of, we're the owners of our body. We need to be the owners of our health and our future and everything goes into it, that's exactly right. So can you tell me a little bit about the, the Holy Name Study? Because I think that's a great segue into the book and where you where you're, where you're meant to go with the book and what we can expect when we read it.
1: Yeah, well, that was a really incredible opportunity. It was serendipitous almost. I had a friend that, um, that moved to a plant-based diet, and then he encouraged a friend of his to adopt a plant-based diet and through that encouragement, his friend uh, not only adopted a plant-based diet, but also lost 78 pounds or so in the process. This friend happened to be one of the top cardiologists in all of New York, New Jersey, and was uh, is a top cardiologist at Holy Name Hospital. Um, when he did this, um, it was really shocking uh, for a lot of his peers to see what he had done through just simple, you know, diet modification, lifestyle modification. Um, we started a bigger conversation around how we could bring this to a hospital, how we could help empower people by not just prescribing medicines, but actually prescribing food as medicine. And um, it really resonated deeply with them. And, and to their credit, I mean, they were, they were absolute champions from day one. They said, you know what? We love this. We'd love to give this a try, but in a, in a, in a much bigger way. Um, we're going to put out an email and see how many of our hospital employees are willing to take this challenge. And we'll get back to you. Um, and we, we want to be able to put a certain number of employees on a plant-based diet over the course of 22 days, 44 days, 66 days, and, and, and see how that goes and, and then be, measure, um, you know, lipid profiles, weights, uh, do, do um, STIKU testing. So, so like the body fat measurements um, and a bunch of really neat things that they were offering uh, as a part of this study. And what they found was that within like 24 hours, they had to shut down the offering because so many participants in the hospital, so many employees at the hospital, wanted to participate in the study. It was the most uh, they've ever seen in in any study they've ever done. I mean, they they said, look, you know, we typically put an email out like this, and maybe we will get 40 people to respond to us, and they within a day they had something like. Two hundred and some odd people that had, literally had to shut it down because they just couldn't afford it. Uh, so, so um, it was a beautiful thing. What we did is that we took um, we took the entire group and we split them into three different cohorts. And one of the cohorts was a standard American diet. Another one was a vegetarian diet, and another one was a whole food plant based diet. And you know, the whole food plant based diets did so much better than the standard American diet that it's almost unfair to compare the two. It's actually much more fair to compare the uh, whole food plant-based diet with the vegetarian because even that was, was, I mean, a massive, massive improvement. I mean, we saw LDL levels improve by more than 40% in less than 22 days. Mind-blowing. Mm. I mean, if that, was, uh, a, a, uh, uh, if that was a pharmaceutical drug, it'd be a trillion-dollar drug. You and I both know <laughs> that, yeah? it's, yet it's not. It's yeah. just food right? So food truly is medicine. And we were able to prove that with this study. We not only saw improved biomarkers, but we also got the greatest response, which was the individuals themselves telling us how they felt. They, you know, we'd had someone that didn't go to the bathroom regularly for, I don't know how many years, all of a sudden regularity came. I mean, like instantly we had someone that had suffered from migraines for decades migraines. We had another person that, I mean, like, and and it was on and on somebody that suffered from low inflammation that was causing your joint ache all the time. We had a runner that was suffering from, I mean, it was, it was as if though we were making up these testimonials. It was mind-blowing. Obviously we weren't making them up. It was just one of those things where you scratch your head and you're like, how do we get this to more people and how quickly can we get it to them?
0: Wow. Exactly. So, I mean, so then you did this for just 22 days and you saw those, you said mentioned 44 and 66 days. Did it? Yeah, so continue? we kept
1: them on, right? So we, we, we okay. measured at 22 days and then we measured again at uh, um, 60 days. And then we measured again at 90 days and we were wow. basically putting them on 22 day uh, um, um, blocks. Um, wow. And the results were mind blowing, but, but the beauty of it is, that, and why I mentioned the 22 days is because it happens in a relatively short period of time. It's three weeks in a day, right? So when you, when you talk to someone about uh, behavior modification, when you talk to someone about changing the way they're eating, in their mind, they think, wow, it's not pharma. How long is it going to take? Am I going to have to do this for 10 years? I'm 70 years old. Am I? Is it too late? No, it's not too late. And no, it's not going to take 10 years. In as little as one meal, you can start to feel the effects. You and I both know that in as little as one meal we can trace in the blood what is happening, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that within a relatively short period of time, in as little as a week, you could already start to see incredible improvements. But what we did is we took it one step further and said, listen, this is one of the biggest, one of the biggest areas of concern is cholesterol, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can take someone's LDL and reduce it by more than 40% in just 22 days, that begs the attention That it deserves, right? Like we need to give this a try because we know. uh, Last week I had a conversation with someone in New York City, and I says, "Look, it doesn't make any sense to you that we're getting prescribed or we're asking to be prescribed cholesterol lowering medication, yet we're doing nothing to mitigate the cholesterol that's coming into our body. Like, why don't we? You know, that's like seeing a faucet with the water overflowing over the top of it." And now realizing that the water's on and just taking a cup and trying to empty that water, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. First, you have to turn off the cholesterol. You have to turn off that water before you can begin to fix the problem. So why not just discontinue the consumption of cholesterol and then see what happens before we start taking statins? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people don't think that way because although it is common sense, it's not so common that people apply it. Because if we did, we wouldn't be eating and living the way that we're living. So for me, it's really, and you see that I get worked up because I'm really passionate about it. I love life. I love people. I want people to live their healthiest lives because the world would be so much better as a place if we were all healthier because health is happiness. So I want people to be able to take control of their health through their own actions so they can realize that they don't need the drugs that they think they need to live.
0: Right. I think you've really touched on a very, very important point because when I help transition people to a whole food plant-based diet, it's not the fact that they can actually even get off medications. Oftentimes, that's not the motivator. So what I do is I start telling them about exactly what you're saying, the life that you could lead, right? So here's your trajectory. You're going to be sick and continue on medications or switch over what you're eating and let's see where this new trajectory can take you. And sharing those stories, like you said, all those testimonials, reversing diabetes and more energy and less pain and cholesterol dropping, that is actually what triggers their interest because nobody ever speaks to them in that language, especially as a health professional trying to get someone to switch to a plant-based diet. It's really, that is the difference. I think we just have to be better marketers than-
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're trying.
0: (laughs) there's a lot to do with marketing. I do believe for sure. And I I it's
1: it's unfair because we live in a world where people like to be lied to. I say that we like to hear good things about our bad habits and it's unfair because we, we only speak the truth, right? So we're, we're sharing information that we know has been clinically proven, right? Mm -hmm. But you have people that are saying, oh, you can lose X number of pounds in you know, two days, five days, do a cleanse three days of eating this one you know, single overly processed ingredient or take this powder and you're going to feel miraculously better. And people love to hear good things about their bad habits, meaning that Mm. they want to know that they could get rich quick. They want to know that they can look super sexy without putting any effort into it. It takes work.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: And it will take a little bit of time, but your body will thank you for it. And you're going to feel so much better because of it.
0: Right, absolutely. And I I just don't think people understand what it's normal, right? So they they think feeling ill- yeah, yeah, we we feel since we're little now, right? So we have children that are obese. 20% of our childhood obesity is ridiculous. They're developing type 2 diabetes earlier. They're having more pain and high cholesterol, fatty liver. My youngest patient I had a fatty liver was 12. And I'm like, who, when does this become normal? When is this acceptable? And we forget what normal is, right? We've so far removed from where we actually had healthy bodies and what could be active into our, you know, older age that people are surprised. They're like, you can do that. I was like, yes, you can do that. Who, you know, So I think you and I are living testimonies of that. And I think as more and more people adopt the diet and move forward, people will see that those examples. And I think that's really important as yeah, well. So. I agree. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So tell me, so there's, there's two parts. Um, you have the laws. So let's start there, the green print laws. Can you tell me about how did you decide on the order and what what's special about these particular rules to follow?
1: Um, well, I developed the laws over many years of practicing obviously one on one with um, with clients, and I realized that sometimes it's easier to give people guidance uh, you know it's almost like um, giving people the tools to be able to do the job correctly. I've always said that there's there is a tool for every job. Like, for example, you know, have you ever gotten your, your son, did you ever get your son something for Christmas or, or his birthday or Hanukkah or whatever holiday that, that required like tiny batteries except you didn't have that, that little screwdriver, so you tried like this humongous butter knife and you're like trying to twist the thing and you're like breaking the knife and breaking the plastic. It's incredibly difficult, but actually it isn't. It's only difficult because you don't have the right tool. Mm-hmm. So if we arm people with the right tool, which is that really tiny Phillips screwdriver that takes it off in one second, it becomes exponentially easier. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was about creating a system of laws that allowed people to live the life that they want to live and they, they should be living without having to think about it. So some of the laws you'll, you'll read once, you'll learn it and you'll never think about it again. Other laws you'll use on a daily basis And you'll remind yourself of them often because you realize that it's something you have to do. So without having it be the vegan guide or the plant-based guide, or you must in your face do this, it's more about the trash must be taken out. What does that mean? Well, imagine if you had a party tonight in your home and you had a hundred friends over And you just threw stuff everywhere. Everything they ate just went on the floor. Everything they drank just went on the floor. And then the next day you had another party and you did the same thing and you never stopped to pick it up. What would your house look like in a week? (laughs) It would not look like a place that you would want to live in. So that means the trash must be taken out. We don't consume enough fiber. Mm. We're so obsessed with protein that we've overlooked the one thing that we need even more so than protein in our diets, which is fiber, because we're consuming twice the amount of protein that we actually need, and we're consuming half the amount of fiber that we actually should be taking in. Now we know that colorectal cancer is is, I mean, it, it is something that is affecting so many millions of lives, not just the people that are directly affected with it, but their families, their their co-workers, their communities. And it's something that with a little more fiber, you can reduce the risk for this horrible disease. It's something that we can reduce, that we can mitigate greatly by what we're putting into our body. So it's about getting people to focus more about taking out the garbage so that you have a clean home than it is about um, you know, putting in an excess number of, of uh, protein calories. So it's little things like that, like taking out the trash, getting people to be like, you know what? That is true. I've got to take out the trash. If I don't get rid of the stuff that's in me, I'm not going to feel good. My body's not going to be able to function the way it's supposed to. I'm going to get toxic. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's something like, you know, Kaizen, uh, practicing continuous self-improvement. And, and all of these laws provide the stepstones that you need to be able to get where you want in a very easy way that's manageable, that's controllable, you can adopt one law at a time, you can adopt two laws at a time, you can, you can read them all and, and apply them into your lives on a weekly basis. But at the end of the day, if you follow these laws, and, and if you notice, nowhere in the laws does it say, you must eat 100% plants 100% of the time. It's just telling you, this is what you need. It's very commonsensical, right? This is what you need to do I put it in 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 terminology that people understand. Wow, that you know what? That makes a lot of sense. How did I not think of that? Mm-hmm. Right? Once you start to operate that way, you realize that naturally you're going to move towards plants. It's like I tell my friends, you know they say to me, but but don't you need beef? Isn't beef what what makes muscles? I'm like, "Okay, just stop. I'm tired of this nonsense. Just stop. Where does that cow get its protein?" They're like, "Uh, the grass. And I'm like, so you are basically choosing to buy from a middleman, I go straight to the source. You gotta go through a broker. I got the correct, I'm connected right to the plug. You gotta go through a broker, I go to the source. Think about it. Mm-hmm. That cow that's so powerful, that's so, and then they're like, you know what? That does make sense. But what about omega-3 and fish? I'm like, where do the fish get their omega-3? <laughs> I don't know, they make it, we need it. I'm like, no they don't <laughs> go read. I'm not going to give you all the answers. Go educate yourself. Cause if I, if you believe me, you'll believe any charlatan that comes down the road, selling you snake oil, go read and find out where the, where that Omega three comes from. Cause the fish mm-hmm. aren't making it. Right. Then they start to, Oh, by the way, the cow doesn't make the B12. The B12 is coming from the soil. By the way, now there is no soil because they're eating corn, something they don't normally eat. So they're getting injected B12. So you're getting the bioaccumulated injected B12 that they're getting. And it's just about getting people to understand, say, look, we're obsessed with pop culture. We know Louis Vuitton. We know Hermes. We know Bulgari. We know Ferrari. We know all of these brands that do nothing whatsoever for our our longevity, nothing whatsoever for the quality of life that we and our families are going to live. But yet we know about all the families, who has money, how much money they're worth, where they live, their addresses, the states, their date of birth. We are obsessed with that stuff. Yet we don't know what a good source of omega-3 fatty acid is. Yet we don't know that we should be taking in more fiber. I think we have to reset our priorities and educate ourselves, empower ourselves with the tools that we truly need to be able to live the life that we want and not be hidden in this like, you know, uh, internet. We should live in the outer net really focus on how you're going to live in the outer net, right?
0: The outer net. I love that. I'm so ready. Okay. Outer net is my new, that's my new mantra, the outer net. <laughs> All right. So I do, that is interesting. So I, sometimes I love the tool um, example that you use because I've had that happen with one of those kids that I've had that, you know, there's always something that you're missing and then you're like sad, but then they just play at the box anyway. And nothing yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um I'm curious though, you know, did I have a there's a recent study out that shows that the, the cohort in America that actually has the greatest risk factors for colon cancer and rectal cancer is 18 to 35. <laughs> so I was just thinking, you know, that this, is the, this is our future. These are my kids are in that cohort, and, you know, they have double the risk of colon cancer, quadruple the risk. A rectal, rectal cancer and it's funny so i'm in a lot of mom physician groups on facebook and different things and i share these studies so i try not to be too in your face like you said just kind of sharing information hoping to start a conversation with other physicians that can change lives and what's interesting like what do you think is causing that i was like really <laughs> is it really that hard do i have to be that you know i'm saying it's fiber it's like a fiber that's their tool like they're missing the type the, the actual fiber tool and then they're coming up with all these other random thoughts and excuses. Like, come on, people, this is really simple. So, yeah. but, you know, I, I've started telling patients instead of saying, instead of worrying about those macronutrients, I was like, right now I need you to eat 50 grams of fiber a day, because if they can do 50 grams of fiber, they will have no room for anything else. So yeah. I know what I eat and I'm hitting 55, 65, somewhere in there they'll be so amazingly full
1: (laughs) i I, I love that by the way i i i want to dummy proof it even more i tell i tell all my friends just eat plants you won't have to count (laughs) you don't have to count if you eat plants you're going to get enough fiber if you (laughs) eat plants you're going to get enough protein if you eat plants you're going to get enough carbohydrates enough of the micro all the micronutrients unless you're eating just one leaf of spinach a day which no one's going to eat cuz you're going to need to right. eat basically to satiate yourself but if you're right. eating the right number of calories you're going to get exactly what you need in your body mm-hmm. um, and what's crazy is going back to what you were saying about you know the kids that are at highest risk today look at what they're eating mm-hmm. look at where the food is coming from we mm-hmm. continue to overprocess food where when we started to to basically when we started this whole process of animal agriculture putting them in you know it started with, with getting just a few cows and putting them on a farm. Then it was getting more cows into that farm to the point where they didn't fit. Now let's start putting them in crates. We start putting them in crates, but it takes too much work to put that much grass, that much you know food in front of them on a daily basis. How do we get that food to be cheaper? So now the food chains and it's no longer just what they're Typical diet is now we're giving them grains that they've they've never eaten before. Now we're giving them genetically modified soy. Now we're injecting them with vitamins. Now we're injecting them with growth hormones and antibiotics. So the food is getting actually worse than it ever has been. And you think that you don't know why we're getting more cancer than we've ever gotten? And I mean, I think that you you know the data better than 99.9% of people out there. Cancer is gonna overtake heart disease in a very, very short period of time. It's not because heart disease is slowing down. Mm -hmm. It's because cancer is growing exponentially. Mm -hmm. What do we think it is? Like, are we not get it? But what's sad is that people want to put themselves in a position where they're hopeless, where it's not up to them. It's the environment. It's, you know, all the radio waves. It's, you know, the world is changing. It isn't that. Mm -hmm. That might be a small piece of it but that isn't the majority of the problem. The the problem can be corrected through diet and nutrition because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on a daily basis. I'm seeing people change their lives. And I'm that guy that, you know, you could be a clinician or you could be on the other end of the spectrum and and know nothing. I fall like right in the middle of like equal parts research, equal parts clinical, equal parts working with people one-on-one. So. If I never read any study in my entire life, I have seen with my own eyes that I have treated friends, family members, relatives that have switched to a whole food plant-based diet and have cured themselves of everything. So it's not like they could say, well, that was, you know, it's a whatever, it's a PETA study or it's a, no, I don't want to hear it. I've seen my own family reverse. Cholesterol, reverse diabetes, or reverse. I mean, like it's unbelievable. So we just have to we have to decide what we want to be. Do you want to be a victim, or do you want to live your best life by being proactive? It's that simple. If you take the responsibility and you hold yourself accountable, your life can greatly improve. Greatly.
0: You know, I think that begs to a deeper situation in our culture, right? So this kind of victim mentality culture that we're breeding do you feel like there's maybe something else that we could be doing besides even just telling them you know education is one thing but how do we get people to step outside of a very comforting place like like because it takes courage to step out of being a victim role right it takes courage to say like wow I'm going to own my own health you know it's because it's unknown not necessarily that it's not better and they know that but it, is, it can be very difficult, you know, having dealt with patients in some very interesting <laughs> situations. Is there is there a way that you found that makes it easier for people to understand that they can do this and succeed? Is it the accountability? Is it support? What is it that you found that's been really helpful to do that?
1: I mean, it starts with conversation, right? I, I think that we live in a society where, we have played on extremes for for so long and and i'll use the example of obesity right on the one hand you have in one extreme where we were shaming people for being fat and they were being bullied and then everyone got so scared that then all of the companies out there were like oh we don't want to be perceived as that let's go to the other direction let's just forget about obesity altogether so they went boom they bounced off that and they went off the deep end we're like we're not even going to talk about it you can be 500 pounds and we'll put you on the cover of runner's world we don't care we want to show that we're that we are supporting you that we are that we are non-judgmental but you're doing more damage than you are good because Mm -hmm. people don't realize that a conversation needs to be had we need to have an open dialogue it's about saying you know what it isn't okay to fat shame. It isn't okay to give people negative uh, um, you know, uh, imagery of their body. However, however, let's not lose sight of the fact that fat is the first symptom that manifests itself outside the body. You don't see diabetes on the outside of the body. You don't see a, a, a sticker that grows that says you're, you're going to get cancer in five years. And we know that Those that are more obese have a much higher risk factor for diabetes, for heart disease, which is still the number one killer, and cancer. Mm -hmm. So to ignore the fat is actually more of a disservice than actually having the conversation. The conversation might be difficult, I get it, but shying away from the conversation doesn't make that better. It actually makes it worse. So we go from having stick models that are 50 pounds on the cover of magazines to now having models that are morbidly obese on the cover of magazines. And it all is to appease an audience because they're being sold and people don't see that. You're constantly being sold. It's not because the person that created that cover for that magazine wants to love you and wants to embrace every part of you. It's because they're hoping that you see them as part of you and that you buy into the notion that they're more accepting of you. And that's wrong. So I think that we need to create that conversation in society where we say to people, we love you. It's Mm. not about fat shaming. We're going to love you regardless of whether you're 100 pounds or you're 500 pounds. Our love is not going to change. As a matter of fact, the more I love you, the healthier I want you to be. Mm-hmm. we all care about each other we're all citizens of the planet and we all have to be we have to be better to each other and for each other and if we're going to do that we have to have a conversation that is healthy around what it truly means to live a healthy lifestyle and when we see people i'm the first one i'll see a friend that i haven't seen in a long period of time and if i see they've gained i did that one time to a friend of mine i hadn't seen someone in like 6 or 7 years and when I saw him, he had put on 100 pounds, literally 100 pounds. And I saw him, and my eyes did what you just did. I went, <laughs> what the? I said, oh, my God, what happened? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, what are you doing to yourself? I said, listen, we go back way too far for me not to say something. I said, I love you. Do you still love you? And he started cracking up. But he's like, oh, my God, you're never going to change. You're the greatest, the... And then after like five minutes of conversation, he starts crying. It's like, this is what happened. This is what's going on in my life. I feel like I'm lost. I've, God put you in front of me today. I needed to see you. I'm gonna get my you know, S back together. And before you knew it, he lost that 100 pounds. Wow. If I'd been like anyone else, or if I had chosen to walk up and just act like I didn't see it, he might not be alive today. Right. But I chose because I cared, because I cared so deeply I chose to want to help him. And he could have taken it the wrong way. And I would have stopped and I would have said, It's not about me judging you for being overweight. It's about me looking at where you are and knowing where that puts you, mm-hmm. at what predisposition that puts you. And it's no joke. I mean, you and I know the stats, you know them better than any. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it it speaks volumes of your character, though, too, right, that you would be willing to take the opportunity and the sacrifice potential to tell someone that, right, that might be offended or shy away from you and say, oh, I don't want to hear it. Because that takes courage, because you're actually putting yourself out there vulnerability with that relationship. So I, I think the one common denominator, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, or whatever your beliefs are, is health, right? So we all want ourselves to be healthy, our loved ones. We've lost the definition of what health looks like in America or around the world, but we also need, we've lost the ability to have the conversation to help others find, you know, what's going on under their hood. Why are you not feeling well? Let's talk about what is health and how we can cultivate it in the family and our relationships. There's so many factors here, but yeah, I love that story. That's phenomenal. He's lucky to have you as a friend. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, what was your favorite law, by the way?
1: Kaizen, Law 22.
0: I saw that. and- um, I saw
1: it's number 22.
0: I, I, I dog tagged that one, actually. and um, Tommy,
1: That's basically like, you know, when you read that law, it's like, see above. You know, it's <laughs> like, do all of that, and, <laughs> and you're practicing Kaizen. Because it's the reality. Kaizen is the Japanese, and we've had this conversation before. Kaizen mm-hmm. is a is, is, is Japanese word for continuous self-improvement. Right. If we can't do that, then what's different today than yesterday or the day before?
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Exactly. And I think that every day is a new opportunity to do it again, to do it better, to be so nice, to you- be kinder, to be more compassionate, to be more empathetic, um, to be more loving, to want to make a difference, to live your best life. Um, I'm still working on living my best life and I think I'm living the greatest life I could ever possibly but every day I try to do something different I try to run a little faster I try to lift a little differently I try to be a little bit more mindful I try to be a little more present and it's not to say that I'm not it just means that every day I I strive for more I strive for better and there's nothing wrong with it I think that that is life in and of itself a couple of hours ago I had a conversation with one of the girls in the office and I said you know life is like um like a healthy diet Right, and she goes, "How so?" And I said, "You should always be just a little hungry. Mm. You finish your meal, always leave a little room. Mm. Don't ever top it off, because if you don't have that hunger in life, then life becomes meaningless. Mm. Then there's just like you're just roaming the earth aimlessly, like just like no no purpose, no rhyme, no reason. It's just right. Mm. So for me, it's like I'm always." There's always a little more that I want. I want to help a few more people. I want to be able to touch a few more lives. I want to be able to help a few more communities. I want to be able to share some more information. I want to be able to say it in a different way that resonates more. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep writing. I would have just written my book and said, okay, we did it. It was fun. Let's go. But I, I, I knew that there was an opportunity. When I wrote The Greenprint, I was like, you know what? The 22-Day Revolution and the 22-Day Evolution cookbook it really connected with a lot of people. But I'm sure I missed a lot of people because it was an all- all-in approach to it was 22 days 100 percent plant-based but maybe someone saw it and was like man i don't know if i could go all in and they missed out on it so when i created the green print and you you're seeing it here, i created three different opportunities for you to design the program that works best for you right whether it's one meal a day two meals a day three meals a day and that's the magic of the green print nowhere there does it say i think you should have fish on occasion it says you can do one meal. You can do two meals. You can do three meals. Plant-based eating is the absolute healthiest thing that you can do for you, for your family, for the planet. Where do you choose to start?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? so that that's your second part, right? So these are the tiers. You have recipes. I have actual Google tags here. Yeah, I've tried a few of them. They're very good. So, you know, those are those are the other things people speak about. Well, like, well, oh, I don't think I can do that. You know, you talk about this kind of adaption over time, but just keep moving into a better daily adaption of health and those type of things. I, It was really interesting when you were talking about every single day, you're looking to make yourself better. So I see this as just curiosity about life, right? So this is a curiosity about what can I do today that was better, not in a judgmental way, but it's almost like mindful living, right? So you're being mindful of what you did yesterday and what can you do better today? And it's not like you're going to try it, you know, if you fail at something, it's shameful. It's just like, just moving forward in incremental pattern in an incremental way. So that's the Kaizen, right? So can you give me an idea what you, and or share with the, the reader, what you meant by that, according to a plant-based diet? So they may, is it, how did you relate that to eating
1: healthy? So continuous self-improvement is... For me, and, and diet, it's really like, okay, I'm not ready to go all in, but I want to see what this is about. I've tried everything else. I'm on a couple of prescription drugs. Um, I'm a few pounds overweight. I don't feel the energy that I used to feel 10 years ago. I don't sleep as well as I did. I, wa- I want to take control, right? I want to take control, but I-, I don't know how much I can do. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start with one meal a day. That in and of itself is Kaizan. Mm. One meal. A little bit better, and then that one meal over a week, you say, you know what? I've actually been going to the bathroom a lot better than I have in years, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to breakfast. And I, I could swear that I'm, maybe it's just my mind, but I think I'm actually sleeping better. I and mean, then, wow, let me weigh myself. Oh my god, I lost three pounds. Holy smoke! I didn't even think about it. I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to do that. And you're like, what the? <laughs> and you're like, maybe I'll do two you know what I'm not ready for two meals a day yet I'm going to stop eating regular cheese and I'm going to look into this plant-based cheese I hear they're delicious Ooh, these are amazing without cholesterol I'm taking Lipitor I want to eliminate some more cholesterol from my diet and you, you eliminate the cheese maybe you're still eating dairy yogurt but you eliminated the cheese and you're now one meal a day and plant-based cheeses and you know what I drink so much soda and it doesn't really have to do with plant-based, but because I've now, I now feel like I'm doing better for myself. Probably I know better. Everybody knows they shouldn't be drinking soda. Everyone, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, sometimes it's a habit that's hard to break. You know what? I'm just not going to buy it anymore. I'm not going to buy it. That way my kids won't drink it. I won't drink it. No one's going to drink it. We'll just drink water. Maybe we'll make fruit juices at home. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's every day is a little bit. It's a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until you get to a point that you feel you found that bliss point, that, that your perfect Zen, right? And more than likely, it's going to be in 100% whole food plant based diet, but maybe it's not. Maybe you're eating every meal of everyday plant based, and on Sundays, you're having grilled fish with your wife, your husband, your friends. Okay, that works for you. Fantastic. But if you truly practice Kaizen, at some point, you're going to want to continue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? For me, it's like people say, well, well what does that mean? How, how, how do you apply it in your life? You're already eating 100% plant-based, okay? My kids, give you a great example. My kids are 100% plant-based, you know, since birth. Mm-hmm. My kids play, play chess. And I never played chess as a kid because I grew up in a single-parent home with my mom. And she didn't know how to play chess. She never played chess. So we just never played chess as kids. But I was always, when I got older, I was fascinated with the idea that all my friends knew how to play and they played really well. I just never started. And I was always busy with school, always working. I had two jobs. I was trying to build a business and just life got the best of it. But it always stayed in the back of my mind. So when I had kids, I was like, I want them to learn how to play chess. So they take chess lessons. They've gotten really great Mm -hmm. to the point where they're going to start competing now. And they Uh really love it so i'm learning along with them well i'm not learning with their chess instructor they learn in their lesson and then they papi we want to play chess with you they beat me up but because they're beating me up every day i'm now learning their chess moves and i'm learning through them so it's like i now want to get better i don't want them to be able to beat me so easily so i want it to be a challenge so i've been practicing with them and now we're really close so it's like and it's just something as silly and to Anyone that might be listening might be like, well, that's, that's just silly. That's meaningless. To me, it's not. To me, yeah. it's important because it's continuous growth. It's continuous self-improvement, right? Right. And it's little things like that, that, that just, I'm eternally curious. I, want, I wish I could learn every language in the world. So, okay, I'm teaching myself French. Um, I speak Spanish. Um, and after French, maybe I'll learn how to speak Italian or maybe I'll learn how to speak, who knows, but but I'm just curious. I love life and I don't want a day to go by without me saying, wow, that was an amazing day. I want to do it again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And every single time we talk, (laughs) that is the marker that is so intriguing to me because I wish we could just plug people into you and just get a little bit of (laughs) what you have. I mean, literally just plug you in. Um, but there's several things there that you were mentioning. Um, for my kids, it was swimming. So they competed. they swam competitively through um mostly someone went even through most of high school. And um I spent hours and hours with three kids, you're watching them swim and they're coaches six days a week, and you're just like, I became where I could coach. You know, I was gonna say <laughs> you, go you to would swim.
1: probably be a better coach than the coach.
0: And then but what was interesting. Was it then when I have when I was in active duty Air Force and I'd have or I'd have a swimmer that has an injury? I was like, you know what? Tell me about your technique. <laughs> and it was fantastic. So I learned by watching and going through all these things. Like now, it's made me a better doctor because I was paying attention. Um, so that's the things I'm always like, for. So what can I do to share this message with patients? It's the same idea. It's like you're teaching. A, I've been trying to learn Spanish for some time. I've got Rosetta Stone sitting on my computer just need to do it. Um, But I I had a question about families, right? So a lot of these things that we were talking about would be the individual and improving themselves. So I've had a patient recently that's a mom, and just trying to plant-based diet. she's really struggling because she has kids at home, and they're young teenagers, and they they don't want to give up plant-based eating. Her husband's full-on, was happy with it, but she's got young, you know, not even can drive yet teenagers – and a little one as well. And so, you know, my thing is, okay, who's in charge, mom? (laughs) So, but can you tell me a little bit how maybe, could is there like a parenting Kaizen? Like, have you spoke to parents? Like saying, well, let's talk about what we can teach our children. Just like you brought this beautiful um, example of chess. My kids can whip me any day of the week on chess, checkers, it doesn't matter. But that, you know, where can we bring in Kaizen parenting, right? So what can we do or encourage parents or how to even approach it with, with maybe some kids that are a little bit more difficult. I'm a I was in the military, so I'm like, dude, this is what you get. You suck it up, <laughs> you know, that's me. It's not always like that for every family. But do you have any suggestions there?
1: Well, that works for you because you are that laser focused yourself, right? And so what winds up happening is that a parent will come to me and say, Well, I want to help my daughter, or I want to help my son. And and more than likely it's that the son or the daughter is overweight and they're probably not playing sports and they're they're ashamed and they don't know if it's they're not playing sports because they're overweight or they're overweight because they're not playing sports. It's like that chicken and egg, right? But more likely than not, it's what they're eating at home, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're learning how to eat at home. But what winds up happening 10 out of 10 times is that the parents are also overweight or are also Whatever they are calling their kids, whether it's lazy or unmotivated or lack the oomph or, you know, that or not playing any sports. do So for me, it's really like live your best life and then you can be the best example. What mm-hmm. you can't be is a hypocrite. You can't be smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking Coca-Cola, telling your kids, ah, you don't want to do this. This is the worst thing in the world for you. Because mm-hmm. your kids are looking at it, right? They learn from what they see, not from what they hear. So you have to be that example. And I think if you set that example, and and let's say you're a 400-pound parent and you have a 200-pound kid, get yourself where you need to go. Along the way, you can encourage your kids, you know what, I'm doing this for us. I really want to be my healthiest. I know that we can greatly improve our health and what our life is, that you were talking about that trajectory, how much better our life is going to be because of this. Join me, do this with me start eliminating some of the junk from your house. But what you shouldn't do is preach to your kids what you're not already practicing. So I think that that Kaizen starts with you and then it can extend to your family as it did with me. I went 100% plant-based. Then my wife went 100% plant-based. Then my mother went 100% plant-based. They all thought it was nuts in the beginning. Then my brother went 100% plant-based, got off cholesterol medication and, and blood pressure medication. Then my sister went 100% plant-based, then, and it just kept going and going and going. Then we had kids, and all four of my kids have been raised on a, a 100% plant-based diet. But that wouldn't be the case if I hadn't done it first. So it takes someone to lead. And I always say it to my kids, look, in life, you can be one of two things. You can be a leader or you can be a follower. What are you going to do? Where do you want to be? You have to be clear of what you want to do. And if you want to do it, just set your mind to it and you can get it done. But it starts there. Where, what kind of an example do you want to set for your kids and what kind of commitment is it? It's not going to happen overnight. Of course not. If your kids you know, have seen Doritos or whatever other nacho chips and, and soda in the cupboard for the last 10 years, the last 15 years, it's going to be difficult for them to come home one day and not see it there. I get it. But it's, it's work. It's over time. It's continuous self-improvement every day, a little bit better. And you can't get to a point where you say, you know what? I'm not buying that junk in my house. If you want to eat it, go get a job, use your own money and go buy it when you move into your own house. But I don't want it in my house. Right?
0: Yeah, we did that overnight. Well, I mean, we did have a lot of junk in but seven years ago. So mine were 13, 15, and 18 at that time. But what was interesting, so my daughter's about to start her third year of medical school. And Um, it's fun
1: because
0: it's really fun. It's really awesome. And I sit there and I, you know, I watch her her journey to plant-based diet. It took a little longer because she was older. She was 18 when we transitioned. So she went off to college and did her thing. But every time she come home, I'm sharing stories and talking. And then when she went to medical school, I was like, Emily, do you realize the lives that you could save by telling people about a plant-based diet? And do you realize even more so if you were doing the plant-based diet 100%, 100% of the time? <laughs> so, you know, it's just that is – and speaking to them, having those conversations. And now everyone everyone's plant-based – all the time, um, my kids are you know moving. My youngest is in college in Colorado. He's converting people to go plant based. Really,
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
0: So those are the things that we can do as a parent is just live that example. You're exactly right. Kids will catch more than they you know by via seeing those examples. And I use that a lot with smoking with patients. It's like. You want your kids to smoke because if you don't, you better stop. (laughs) So, So, but you know, yeah, it's harder said than done. But so I did want to real quick wrap up. The second part of the book was basically the three tiers that you kind of had mentioned. It's one meal a day, two meals a day, three meals a day, yummy recipes. But I got to know, there's some really good recipes. Tell me, what's your favorite one?
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that's so hard because (laughs) I... I think you know this by now, like I am like a closeted chef. I'm always tinkering and I'm always making, um, you know, delicious recipes at home with my kids. I love them all. I wouldn't have put, as a matter of fact, I had a difficult time narrowing them down because there's so many that I wanted to put in there. Um, but there's some that are so easy to make uh, and, and so incredibly delicious that it gets you to forget that you're eating plant-based, right? It just, and that's the idea because when people hear plant-based, immediately they think vegan, and then the next thing they think is tofu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with something green and nasty and, like, green drinks that don't taste like anything. And right. that's that's the furthest thing from what a whole food plant-based diet is, right? So if we can right. really get people to understand by allowing them to sample the lifestyle through delicious recipes, it's really easy to continue. Um, but there's some – I mean, there's so many there that I love um, – there's some really incredible salads. The the, the, the cheesy pasta um, is amazing. The, the chickpea burger is a game changer. Um, the the the, 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 the uh, um, chickpea tuna. I mean there's just so many that are that are really good, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to decide.
0: Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so <laughs> fantastic. And so Marco, thank you again for putting this out in the world and I think that it speaks volumes of who you are. You're always looking to improve the lives of others. And you can only, it's probably countless number of ripple effects that you have done. And so it's pretty incredible. And so I wanna say thank you for everything you're doing. And if you you had one last moment to to share with someone that was maybe thinking about, well, maybe I'll give this a try, this plant-based diet. What would be the last little tipping piece of advice you think that would help someone?
1: You can see incredible improvements in a relatively short period of time. And you've got nothing to gain, but uh, nothing to lose, but gain health, right? So the, the reality is, is that the more we allow ourselves to try something different, I believe the greater the outcome can be. And, and it, it's quite simple. If you don't change the process, the outcome remains the same. If you want to change the outcome, you have to change the process. If you want to change those symptoms, you've got to treat the underlying cause that's causing those symptoms. Because meds are only going to treat the symptom in many, many cases. In most cases, the meds are going to treat the symptoms. They're not going to treat the underlying cause. The underlying cause is brought about by behavior. So change the behavior, change the symptom, or eliminate the symptom, and you're going to live a much healthier, much happier life. And by the way, what you have you got to lose? Zero side effects. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> we food all day long, join us.
0: Right. I'm just like, what would keep you from doing this exactly? And I, I have a, I had a patient I followed up with um, recently, and I think she put it back. She's young in her, her mid 20s and several issues, and she lost a significant amount of weight in the first seven days. And she, her mood cleared. She goes, like, I can think, mate. I feel good. Like, I, I don't understand that. It's like, she goes, Who knew? that seven days, I could feel so much better. And it was so simple as to what I was changing, just what I was eating. So I, I, I don't know that I've heard that you've heard it a million times. And I just, I just want people to try. It. I said, prove me wrong. I've yet to be proven wrong in all these years. So. Same here.
1: I, I I had a conversation last week with someone that's the same thing. I said, I have, I have never, maybe it's happened, but I have never seen it. I have just never seen it. So maybe it doesn't work for you, but all you're going to do is eat the delicious food over the course of a week, a month, 22 days. Try it for 22 days and see what happens. But nothing more, you'll walk away with a couple of healthy habits and more fiber in your diet, which we all know we could use.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again, and we so thank appreciate you. you.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for everything you're doing.
0: Thank you.